Hello, everybody, and welcome to BitEffect. Today, we are talking Tales of Arise. And this game tired me out, so I don't have anything witty to say. Except that bit right there, I guess. Joining me today as optional party members are my good friend who is followed by an owl at all times, Luke. Ooh. And the very definition of Sundari, Craig. At, at, arise, sir. Bevelo. I don't, I don't know. I, I was going to do that. I literally wrote a note to say it to do the owl, but I was going to go with the who, 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 who. <laughs> very weird owls. So up front, we have a couple of quick notices. Uh, number one, Craig, let's get it off the chest. Oh, you want me to actually? Yes. Uh, I might sound like shit right now because I'm moving house and packed my microphone and put it into storage. I've got no idea where anything is. So I'm recording on one phone while looking at another phone for notes and it's all very, it's all very fun. But yeah, so apologies if I sound like shit. If I sound really good, then I'm recording into a Huawei P30 Pro. Um, so... I mean, take a, take this as a mini-review of how the audio quality sounds when recording. Uh, also, uh, do forgive us if there are any scheduling snafus that, be, you know, happen to arise because of hey. this. Because uh, it's been a bit of a scramble. <clears throat> and number two. This is a fairly recent game. So we are going to make sure we put up the largest of spoiler walls. Um, so if you're interested in this game, don't worry, we won't spoil anything story-wise. We will be spoiling, I would say, a good 97.9% .9 of the mechanics, unless we forget that 3%. And we will let you know when we start talking about story spoilers. Our plan, at least, is to not spoil anything that's not inside the first, like, 10 hours of the game in random conversation. And Craig will go through with an axe and um, chop up if we do. The, the, the first ten hours of the game is a cutscene. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, so Metal Gear Solid 4. Let's talk about it. Alright, so to kick us off, Craig, why don't you do the stats? Yeah, of course. So Tales of Rise, it was developed by Bandai Namco Studios, published by Bandai Namco Entertainment. They seem to be two separate entities. Uh, directed by Hirokazu Kagawa. Um, art, uh, uh, what do we still do? Do we still do art and directors? I don't know. But uh, no, no, it's it's just uh, who made it, who published it, and dates on oh, right, platforms. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so it was released on Windows, PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and S on September tenth, two thousand and twenty-one. Which. I think September 10th, 2021 is a weird date because it both sounds like years ago and it sounds like last week. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was like, 2021? Isn't that this year? <laughs> yeah. But it's not. It's not. It's it was, last it year. It was ages ago. <laughs> All right. So, um, first off, how did you guys play this? Uh, I played it on PS5. I ran into no issues whatsoever in terms of like tech stuff. What about you guys? Same. PS5, not a not a spot of tech stuff. 
Yeah, PS5, but I just realised I was running the PlayStation 4 version, not the PlayStation 5 version tonight, so <laughs> I got none of those glorious oh, updates, all that, so I have no idea what the difference is. Do you know like. what you can do? You can save your save to the cloud and then put it. you'll get a free upgrade to PS5 and double up on your trophies. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yo, okay, cool. saucy monkey. <laughs> all right. So, as a as an entity, the Benefect, we have a little bit of a history with Tales of, and it all started because of a man named Austin, who's all like, you guys should play Tales of the Abyss. And we did. And let's see mixed thoughts were going on there. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, mixed, mixed, okay, mixed uh, thoughts. Mostly leaning towards, oh god, Austin, what have you done to us? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he then messaged us back and said you're all a bunch of hack frauds mm-hmm. and we said correct um, and then Craig kept needling <laughs> me personally about hey Dave you should probably try Tales of Basaria and I'm like okay sure and I played it and there were some mixed things going on and then my mm-hmm. wife was like well if you're going to play that you should probably play Tales of Zestiria and so I ended up playing that too. I have inadvertently yeah, played a lot of Tales of games. Dave, I, I know, think. right? <laughs> and then Craig was like, "Hey, Dave, <laughs> Tales of Arise is coming," and I have said, "Okay, this is it. I'm I'm throwing down the gauntlet. This is the last time I'm going to try a Tales of game. It has to show itself to me." Okay, so. Gentlemen, where were you two coming into this, and and was there something special that this had to do to make you say, okay, I now consider Tales of any time I think of a game? Like I've I've got a really not embarrassing, but a really obvious reason why I wanted to play this, and it's because I did play Tales of Berseria and thought, do you know, it it's on the right track, obviously. Um, what we played before was it Visteria, Vesperia, Glaucoma? I can't remember what <laughs> Tales of Glaucoma would be really interesting. <laughs> um, and and Bizaria was headed in the right direction, like it felt a lot better to me. So then, when Arise was announced, and I kind of looked at it, and it's very you know, you, you saw all the trailers drop, and it's anime as balls. But the thing that attracted me to it was Tales for all the experience I had with it, it felt like an old JRPG. It was all very, you're in this area and then you load and you're in the next area. And I just wanted to see what a PS5, you know, like this gen take on that formula was. Uh, So felt really pretty compelled to play it, to be honest. If it didn't come out in the PS5, would I feel the same? Maybe not. I think that, that played a good chunk So for you, it didn't so much had to prove anything. It was more of like a spot check of like, okay, let's see where they're at now. Yeah, I, I, definitely. But I th- I've got the same, I'm now on the same kind of lines as you. If an, if they, oh, they're not going to all of a sudden, you know, like announce another Tales game. But I wouldn't, auto, it wouldn't be a day one purchase the next time. The same as this, it's, it would, it would be something I would be curious about again. Because there's, there's good and the bad, and the bad and good, and, you know... And the ugly. And the ugly. I was actually going to sing the Limp Biscuit song, but I can't remember the lyrics. Good and the bad, the bad takes a good... And life... Da, 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 should. Rolling. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. No. I, I no. was, was going to go for it. No one knows what it's like. Right. 
their uh, their new album's actually not as bad no, as you would think. No, look, no, nope. actually, no, nope. Luke. <laughs> oh, seriously, seriously. Like uh, Fred Durst, he comes on stage dressed as like a grand. I know it's quite funny. Oh. Like, yeah. I um, might give that a listen. I, I'm actually there's a few bands that have come out. There was a Red Hot Chili Peppers album. No Gallagher's just released oh, a new album. No, uh, the new Red, the new Chili's album's a bit rubbish. Uh, uh, oh, they they keep playing on Radio X. They keep keep playing one track every single day from it, and I just can't take it anymore. But um, some bands that come out, I mean, they don't sound too bad. No Gallagher's new stuff sounds like Cooler Shaker from back in the day. Yeah, no, Gallagher's yeah. new stuff's been, yeah. or he he's been all right. Actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry, Dave. To, to answer your question, <laughs> Dave, uh, I I think I started the game that Austin suggested, and like I just didn't get on with it, so tapped out. So I thought, oh, cool, I'll try this one. Everybody says these are good JRPGs, um, so I have finished it. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> I have finished it. <laughs> Okay, so so I do want to talk for a little bit about um, there are there are definite like hierarchies in the JRPG sphere, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, where does this sit now for you, having played it? Because I'll say right up front, I think Tales of Arise is the best Tales game mm-hmm. that I've played. I'll follow this up by saying I think this is the worst game I've played in the lot for the podcast. I, I hate it. All right. Just, yeah. Wow. Wow. More than Yoshi's Story. <laughs> Seriously, I think this might be the worst game I've played uh, that I can remember. It's. I just. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, you know, like. You know, like genres of music, right? So, like, everybody has their favorite, and everybody has one they least like. So, for me, it's probably country music I least like, but I can I can appreciate a good country music song, or I can appreciate a good like dance song but if this is the best jrpgs have i'm not interested again this this is such an odd concept i think this is the best tales has yeah right like i mean i I don't know if if i could like because that's what i'm wondering like this didn't really bump it up in its estimation for me like you still have like dragon quest top tier right like Mm -hmm. like dragon quest final fantasy and uh, Shin Megami Tensei slash Persona, right? Like they're they're top dog. Nino Kuni. Nino Kuni. Uh, yeah. Some of us did like Nino Kuni, right? Yeah, this is the interesting thing. So I'm not, I'm gonna try and not shit on this game. I, I kind of want to understand what you guys find appealing to it, rather than me just be like, oh, this is shit, oh shit. Um, uh, not much it. is the answer. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, I'll follow up. <laughs> this might be a like, short one, guys. It's the best Tales game, yes, for sure. Also, I think it's it feels it still feels old mechanically in certain places to the point where you could say it's the be- best old feeling JRPG. It's not like Nino Kuni, which was a lot smoother and fluid. It's not like Dragon Quest; it was a lot more enga- like Eleven was a lot more engaging, and the combat was a lot better than before. It's not like you know your personas or yakuza's or anything. It's very old feeling and tales now to mm. me has mm-hmm. solidified itself as we are traditional jrpg people and this is what we make and that's the bit of the flavor i don't like or I, not that i don't like I, which which is weird right because 
uh, like like this is not traditional JRPG. Traditional mm-hmm. JRPG would be like Yakuza, like a dragon would be mm-hmm. Dragon Quest. Yeah, yeah, would be Persona. Um. Yeah. Okay. So uh, hold on before we get too much into like mechanics wise, because uh, this isn't going to be a shit fest. There's a lot of like like Luke. The analogy Luke used. There's a lot I can respect here, and I do want to make sure I give it its proper due because I think that's sort of important. So Luke. Why don't you give us a teaser of what you're going into at the beginning of the game story-wise? Right, okay. So, uh, basically, you start as a character known as... Sorry, I forgot his name. Iron Mask. Iron so it's a, a young, a, a young man with a, a mask on his face. Think of the, the man in the Iron Mask. That's the name of the film, isn't it? Leo DiCaprio, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think like that sort of mask. Uh, and he's on a planet where... All of his, um, so that basically, in short, three hundred years ago, there was a war between two different planets, uh, Dana and Rena, and the Renans won, and they enslaved the Danans and basically suck their soul or their spirit power out of them uh, by doing different things to them. So, um, one world, for example, is if they get the Danans anger angry and withdraw all their anger spirit. The other one is like they hurt them and get all their pain. Um, and essentially there are five different lords on Dana now from Rena, five different Renan lords, and they are trying to get as much power as possible for a contest. Um, uh, yeah. And that is essentially the start of it. So you start as Iron Mask and you go on an adventure with a Renan lady who, um, in short, she can't touch anybody um, because if she does, she like releases this magic thorns that hurts the person. But Iron Mask can't feel any pain. Uh, and it's quite a cool, I think, unique... It, it's, it didn't fit the usual JRPG tropes for me. It was like, oh, this is quite interesting. So, oh, definitely guys... hit me that way too. Yeah. yeah. I have some questions on that. Right, okay. for you guys. I've, okay. I've got one so, big question. Oh Can I ask a question first? Because sure, here sure. I am. My name's Craig. I've been in a car accident Hi. and I can no longer feel pain. Yet surely if my arm was in fire, it would still do damage. Like <laughs> I might not feel pain, but surely You'd smell it, right? <laughs> you'd, you'd smell it. You'd look down. You smell some barbecue. Yeah. Your arm has dropped off because it's on fire. It's it's amazing. I'm 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 being trite and a wee okay. bit a wee bit sarcastic, obviously. Well, well, but I will. Okay, so first off, I I, I double checked because this was also a thing I saw in like an episode of House, and I was like, that surely can't exist, right? Turns out it definitely does exist. House was like, Dave, we got you. Um, and reading people's experience when they have this, I I don't, uh, dis- I don't know if it's a, you call it a disability, whatever you would call it. It seems like a walking nightmare, right? Because you can yeah. break your ankle and you're walking on a broken ankle and you don't know. Uh, it, it seems like this is a hellish existence. Cool superpower, hellish existence. And at first, when I put this up, I'm like, oh, this is going to be really cool depending on how they play it. And I was really hoping they were going to play it as a disability, not as a superpower. Turns out they played it as a superpower for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's some cutscenes where he, he nearly dies, you know, like in the intro, he's like, oh, you know, 
you need to take care of you. And they make a point to make sure they heal him at all yeah. times. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was good. Can I? No spoilers, but it, it doesn't last. I've no. got my arm up. I know you can't see it because we're not in a Teams call. But um, can I just say I find it really lovely <laughs> that most people would Google and go to like WebMD or something and you go to house. Yeah. Like, I think that's yeah. excellent. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, you guys don't have Hugh Laurie on speed dial? <laughs> he's, he's an actor, Dave. He's not really a doctor. No, no, no. I have him explain to me every medical question I have. I'd love it if you're like, uh, like your daughter comes along and she's like, I've got something wrong with me. And you're like, I've seen an episode of House. Let me go and find that. episode of House. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, were you, were you guys familiar with this before? Like, yeah, I, like I said, I saw it the yeah. first time on House. I, you bring about, I had a teacher and I'm sure it was her sister or one of her friends had that condition and she was telling us about it and it sounded horrible like she was constantly burning herself and cooking and not realizing and yeah. okay it wasn't because of a sword no no not because of sword because of a pan okay, or right. gas or electric I, I don't know but <laughs> <heat. laughs> turn on the gas hob and pull a sword from the gas hob to cut up your bread <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna say a remarkable coincidence we have. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, like, like that. That sounds like a hellish existence. I am. Mm. I'm very glad that nobody in my family got whammied with that. Okay, so we're gonna take a hard break here on the story stuff and mm-hmm. just talk straight mechanics. Um, let's start this with things that we thought this improved upon for JRPGs, or personally, anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think there are something like, if you know what a JRPG entails, there are certain things, you know, you will have to deal with, um, such as dialogue, like random NPC dialogue. Yeah. Uh, I thought they made a very smart decision of putting little check marks next to dialogue bubbles. If you've talked to that person before and they don't have anything new to say, Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. And then, you know, you get about halfway through this 70-hour RPG, and you're like, I don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, you did it in 70 hours. I finished this in 33. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I platinumed it. <laughs> All right, okay. So. Okay. okay. Twice now. Um, what, <laughs> what, well, this was my, all right, I, I nobody can say I didn't give this game yeah, my yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. do um, have a screenshot somewhere of you actually saying, I only platinum games that I really think deserve it and like. I, shut up! <laughs> shut up! Uh, well, um, just, just to counter your point, Dave, I think the world or characters in this game are really bland. And, like, the, the, the background, it doesn't feel like the world's alive. Oh, a one hundred percent agreed. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it was me and Craig were messaging back and forth to each other, and and uh, this feels like the world's first frictionless JRPG. Mm-hmm. Like every little bit of friction that would normally appear, uh, like like as an example, just setting up your party members, uh, talking to random townspeople, yeah. or even worse, you know that thing where you play a JRPG and you're like. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back to the starting town because there might be a side quest there. This makes that frictionless because oh. it will always let you know, hey, there's a side quest available if you want to do it. See, when I opened that map, eventually when I found where the map button was, 
and you could see the different areas, the different fast travel points, and then which fast travel points had open side quests or new side quests. I was like mind blown. Like that was one of the best mechanical or, you know, like user interfacey things I've seen in a huge amount of time. Like it was really cool. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's why have people not been doing this for yeah, the last 10 years? Yeah. This is great. And so it made it made not having to have a guide open so you can hoover up all the side quests. Like, it obviated all of that nonsense that you have to do if you want to, like, 100% a JRPG. And I think uh, Bamco deserves a ton of credit for that because that it, it's oddly something I'd like to see moving forward in every JRPG now of, like, don't make me go back and have to talk to everybody again to see if there's a side quest or use Google, you know, things like that. Um... Luke, uh, I, 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 I'm going to approach every question with you with a, okay, so what do you think? Because you're <laughs> obviously very down on it, which that's fine. But was there something, anything um, just mechanics-wise, interface-wise that you kind of went, oh, hey, this is something I'd like to see moving forward? Um, no is a perfectly reasonable answer as well. I, I'm going to comment and say this because I think this is going to come back quite a lot. I feel like this is... Like, I love the way this game looks, and I really like the sound design. Like, I think visually, and like that that whole side of it is great. But to me, it feels like a reskinned PlayStation 2 game. Like, right... And I think that's my biggest gripe with it. Um, so, yes, they've maybe made the interface look better and maybe slightly easier to move around, and you, you get benefits like fast travel, but that isn't enough for me to enjoy... Okay this game so yeah nothing mechanically stood out as like wow that's that's ace okay that that's yeah. that's completely fair enough 100 percent glad you didn't play near replicant as well <laughs> <laughs> um I, yeah yeah th this is an interesting pairing because one is very future facing and the other one got lost in the woods somewhere and it's really foggy and they don't know where they're going um there are i do have some complaints too of like this looks like almost a soft reboot for the series, right? Like this, okay. this is our okay. Let's let's garner everything we got and we'll put it forward in in a big thing because this like I guess sold or something. Yeah, it, this sold quite well and it made a lot of headlines. Mm -hmm. It reviews and really that, well as well. By the way, it, it, it's got a really good Metacritic score. Like, yeah, I I. I I don't know about you guys, but when I finish a game, I want to go see how what other people think, just to see if I've missed yeah. anything or. And I thought, oh, people are going to be quite hard on this, like me. But no, I think the majority of people, you know, giving it eights, nines out of tens. The inverse of the Doom Eternal effect. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like having said that, though, I think there's some things that are borderline inexcusable now. Um, a couple of things is number one: wh why did you have a jump? Like, that's mm. weird. They never actually. Use the you can't jump over small little ankle high walls. It's still very much a linear open area, but you can't move everywhere in that linear area. Yeah. It feels like an older game in that regard. Like like there, I don't know how many times I was like, oh look, there's a small hole. I'll just jump. Up. Nope, mm -hmm, I will mm -hmm. walk around it. Yeah. Um, I also don't know in a world where we have Final Fantasy 15, how many years ago? Um, why are we still doing the and loading screen, let's go to a different area to fight. It's like, why uh, not just fight on the open world? Do you know, yeah. that, honestly, 
that kind of mechanic makes sense to me sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes when you're talk- looking at turn-based games because it kind of loads a set piece for you. But when it loads into that mm-hmm. and it's not not live action, God, that's completely the wrong word, but it's not turn-based. Real time? It's real. T- thank you, Jesus. Real time <laughs> combat that does that, just it just doesn't make sense. The amount of times you run up to an enemy to try and sneak attack them or, or launch yourself at them and then it loads and you're like, oh, not again. Yeah, no sneak attack, no first strike bonuses. I mean, I mean, Final Fantasy XII did mm-hmm. this on the PS2, guys. Yeah. It just, it, so at this point, it almost seems like it has to be a deliberate choice. Yeah. And I don't see the merits of doing it. That's, it's, it's I'm one of the things. I'm going to segue nicely on it. I'm sorry. Keep I'm on going, Craig. No, new segue. It's one of the things. <laughs> okay. I'm going to segue nicely onto um, combat mechanics, if that's okay. Um, you want to give a brief explainer before you Yeah, in? yeah, sure. So, Thank you. Um, this game, you basically, when you start combat, as the guys have said, there's not really any bonuses. It's it's a group of, a group of them against a group of you. You can have four people in your party. You can take control of any member of those parties and you kind of, it's mostly real time, but you can slowly program things if you want to. Um, you get different movesets called arts. They are unlocked via different methods. So sometimes it's from like a progression tree or sometimes it's for using a skill in a set in a set way or using it so many times. Um, and they're, they're called arts. Um, you can equip up to six of them eventually um some of them some of them do like knock-ups and you can juggle opponents and fire them back down and um and then eventually as the game progresses you get the ability to like summon in a po- uh, your 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 uh, your allies to do different maneuvers uh, like cancels or like blocks or uh, special attacks that break armor for example so there is quite a lot to it um but what i was going to say is I personally found it really interesting for the first five ten hours, but then found it very very shallow in terms of mechanics. It's like it felt like things were added because they could, but they didn't tie together or they didn't. It didn't feel like, or by the end of the game, I just kind of felt like I was spamming buttons, and it didn't really matter what I did. That what. It, <laughs> by, it by the end of the game, I was running around people to try and not get into combat. <laughs> like, so, as much as possible. Yeah, I, a really good mechanic. Sorry, Dave, to answer that question earlier, is the flee mechanic. So you can enter combat and hit flee, and then just run away from the opponents for about thirty seconds. The enemies then disappear, and you don't have to fight them again. It's one of the best parts of it. It is like I, yeah, it's in tra- Oh no, sorry, Dave. <laughs> just fucking go, Craig. Right, go. Okay, no, I did, like I found it really interesting as well with that with. I can't, right, just to preface this, I can't say art attack and look, you'll know because of Neil Buchanan, you might not know, Dave, <laughs> but I can't take anything called an art attack seriously because I immediately think of like plasticine morph. This is an art attack. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is an art attack. An art attack. Right. So <laughs> I picked two art attacks that worked for me. <laughs> I can't say it. I picked two attacks that worked for me <laughs> and used them throughout the entirety of the game. I didn't play about with it at all because I think the game's main problem with the combat, apart from not being turn-based, which would have saved lo- lots of things, is 
none of the enemies or bosses that you encounter really demand you to strategize in any way to use a particular combination of these attacks or to use specific things. And that, to me, is the problem. All the enemies were just big sponges and you just attacked them with whatever you wanted to that looked pretty to do the same amount of damage, mostly. I'm not going to say it happens every time because there are obviously like elements and other bits and bobs, but for the most part, you're attacking sponges with pretty moves. And it's not like bay- it's not okay. like a bayonetta where the enemies die really quickly. Sometimes you can be fighting a gigantic lizard for half an hour. Yeah, I I hate those giant lizards. Uh, okay, so a couple things I want to I want to crack into. I really want to dig into the meat of why I don't like the combat system. But first, so who did you guys play as for the majority of this? I was Alfin. For the first half, and then I played out most of the second half, apart from bosses where it seemed to just be getting like nowhere, uh, as what's her face healing people, um, thingy my bobby, Thorny McFob face. <laughs> she showed. She on. Yeah, she on. Yeah. That's the one. Um, because I kind of thought. I'm not taking any joy out of hitting people, so I'm going to let other people hit that thing, and I'm going to try and keep those people alive, and it's infinitely more interesting to try and keep NPCs alive than it is to fight. Oh, it's like trying to wrangle monkeys. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. Um, I played through um, the first quarter of the game as Alfin, and then I played through probably the next half as Rinwell, and then the last as... Uh, Kasara, the the giant mm-hmm. honking shield lady, because well, that's what Dave likes. Um, Her thighs. I will give them a little bit My of credit. Ever- <laughs> that lady's got some real fucking nutcrackers, man. <laughs> like turn a coal into a diamond. Okay, so I, I'll give them credit on every character plays a little differently, right? Like like playing Winwell does not feel like playing Shion or Law or Alfin. They feel different. The times that it calls for you to step up your game and actually use some of those unique traits, uh, that would be zero for me. I, I never also felt once where I would start a battle as Law and, oh crap, this situation showed up I have to switch to Shion, or I have to switch to Kisara. It was never that. It was very much just, eh, uh, for change of flavor, I'll play as them. Eh? I would say, Craig, you are 100% correct. This is, uh, aside from bosses, most enemies are like the sandbag from Smash Brothers, mm. where it's just... Um, try out your best combo, guy. Everything almost feels like a training dummy. And I played the entire game on the one lowest down from the hardest difficulty. I forget what it's called. It's not moderate. I think it was hard. And then there's I, one above that. It's chaos, I think. I played this on normal, and then I dropped to easy, then I dropped to story, and I couldn't see any difference. The game was exactly the same. Like, oh, uh, the, the the values of HP get bloated so high on higher difficulties. I, I just don't under... So two more complaints. One is, within the first 10 hours, 
you've met all the enemies apart from bosses and they're just reskinned so you kind of know the full game combat from... it does it does have a problem with enemy variety yeah and then the i've forgotten a second sorry go <laughs> um like i, I, I was just gonna to say it. like on combat when we're talking about different character abilities and stuff one of the nice things i think it does just to give a positive flavor is if you don't particularly want to switch to a character each character has a bar that as you fill they can then perform off the d-pad a specific move and some of them are actually handy so you could be alfin hitting someone and you notice that an enemy up the back is charging some sort of spell well you hit whatever you've mapped for me it was right on the d-pad for rinwell and she cancels that spell and then she fires it back at them and i think that was quite a cool wee mechanic because it was a wee bit of juggling just to it was actually do you know what it was nice because it was something engaging to do because you had to have situational awareness to figure it out you know law would jump in and punch people and all that kind of stuff but i think rinwell's one in particular for cancelling magic or enemy magic was actually rinwell and kasara with the charging mm-hmm. enemies i think yeah is probably I... the most active it's really, really handy. And I think, like, I hadn't really seen anything too much like that before. And, like, it's it's new in this, obviously. Yeah, so you know the it nar- kind of reminds me of assists in fighting games. Like, you're yeah, playing Marvel vs. Capcom, yeah. and you hit your assist button. Okay, here comes Arthur to throw some spears yeah, kind of yeah. thing. The Naruto games, combat is very, very simple. Uh, sorry, very, very similar to this. In the sense that you can pull in your your allies to do different moves and you know they can help you juggle or they can cancel a, a move or or do some sort of elemental thing but uh, again that's that's the thing it kind of felt a bit thin in this is there's loads to do but it doesn't all tie together and like it looks like it looks amazing like especially when you you pull off one of the like the ends finisher moves or the strikes um but it just it just feels like you're punching a sponge it's like yeah it's sandbag uh-huh. yeah yeah, it, yeah. I, I, now i will give them a little bit of credit right like it seems with rpgs for the next little bit like probably mainly because of final fantasy 7 remake uh it, the stagger lock system right like where each enemy has a threshold you hit that threshold they are now staggered they take extra damage all that i i personally do not like that system i hate that system uh, because that means every enemy has to be dealt with in a prescriptive way if you want to be efficient. You will always hit the armored guy with law and then start a juggle. And you will always hit the airborne enemies with Xion and then start a juggle. Like, um, I, I don't think it adds a lot of free flow to it. But I can see a lot of people like that system. So that might be just be a Dave thing. I didn't like it Final Fantasy thirteen either. Okay, so. The game at its core of combat teaches you stamina management and stagger locking is very important, right? And then every time it goes to a boss battle, that all goes out the window. Like it feels like this game trains you to play a certain way and then doesn't let you take advantage of the skills you've learned to in boss battles. Like bosses will give a rat's ass whether or not you're hitting them with things that should technically weaken them, right? Like, if they're going to do an animation for an attack, they're going to do it no matter what. Um, 
and and uh, in some of the harder fights, like there's no point in you having learned how to juggle because you just can't juggle them. Did you guys? Uh, this is going to sound a little mean, but did you guys take any time to try to, okay, let me s try to work on combos that will keep an enemy up in the air and staggered so I can kill them in one long combo? Or was it just I didn't feel the need to? Getting to the strike, um, like the, 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 the blue bar just took far too long and like just one mistake. You, I mean, you could you, sometimes you could have to do like fifty hits to get that strike bar by the end game to to go blue, so you could do like the the finisher. Um, just missing one hit, or your combo stopping, or your stamina running out, or you taking a hit that you've not seen coming from another enemy, uh, broke it. So it it didn't feel like again, it didn't feel like there was any skill in it, or if there was, I it just didn't seem worth the while for me. How did you find it? Um, like my game was very much uh, for a boss. I would try and get that bar filled. I would make sure that all four D-pad people, their bars were filled, and my game became trying to see how funny all of the things they shouted were if you went up, <laughs> down, left, right. So it was like, you know, like, cardboard box, lightning slash, and then you'd press right, and it'd be like Lego face, punch hole and that's literally how i played the game i built up everyone's bars and then exhausted them all in a runner not for any tactical reason just to see what they would say uh yeah because it was it, some so, of them were ridiculous like, have you i take it you've never like watched iron Ball z or anything no. but that's like uh, dave will know what i'm away to say here but like like each character has their own special and when they're away f like finish it they'll, they'll shout that but this game there's like every character has like 50 so you're playing it all you hear it's just like a big ramble of uh -huh. like <laughs> oh it's cardboard bad. box yeah red code <laughs> like all over each other for like uh -huh. 10 minutes at a time it's it's crazy yeah and not one of them yelled destructo disc once, and I was very Big disappointed. Bang attack. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you could. <laughs> uh, battles are. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Like, A, I think I'll have more of a delay than usual because I'm on, like, obviously, internet. So I think I've got, like. Yeah, it's I, fine. It's fine. But all I was going to say yeah, is. Yeah, you, you do, yeah. I, I, see, now that you've said that, I'm wondering whether you're saying that because I've said I've got a delay or the thing before it because I might have, like, a 10 second delay. That'd be mental. It's not that look. Anyway, all I was going to say is, like, you, I've not watched Dragon Ball Z or anything, but Emily went through a phase. In fact, she's still going through a phase of watching anime. I've just stopped watching it. And she watched, like, My Hero Academia and Monster Hunter. Uh, no, Demon X, Demon Monsterator and all. Demon Slayer? Yeah, that's the one. And Hunter some, X Hunted. Hunter, Demon Slayer, yeah. yeah. All of that stuff. And not only do people shout attacks all the time, before they do them, like, surely if, if someone shouted to me, like, I'm going to punch you in the face, I would not block my face. <laughs> um, but it's everything to do with this, the high drama of why did she not eat my cupcakes that I baked? And all of that stuff, it's anime this as anime, man, yeah. balls. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think, I think uh, first off, Shakespeare's a little insulted you used the word high drama to do. Okay. Why did they? Um, now, now, if you'll remember back to those those days of yesteryear where me and Luke would say something was anime as balls, and mm -hmm. 
Craig would have no idea what we mean. Yeah. I am very glad that you now know what we mean by anime is balls. Yeah, I'll, I only yeah, know this because of man. my child. Like, <laughs> uh. Uh, but yes, like like battles. Um, they are chaotic. In you cannot really listen for audio cues because, like Lou said, everybody is shouting everything all the time, right? Like everybody. Every time you use an attack, somebody's yelling. Algebraic blue ruler attack. Spot um, socks. Which Spot I'm socks. kind of used to. Two for a pound. <laughs> I, I don't mind that terribly, right? Like, that just comes with the territory. But there's also the problem of they try to sometimes fit banter in there. Of like, oh, I'll take care of these guys. Oh, well, you should. Stay focused kind of thing. Um, I, I don't think they recorded enough of those because after about 50, 60 battles, everything is a repeat now. And you're more excited to get a new party member because, oh, good, I'll hear different things a hundred times. Um, I, I don't think that's like a damnable sin, but that it'll definitely wear on you after a while. Okay. I've got... Uh, the combat is... Oh, God. Uh, were you going to segue away from combat? No, I was actually I actually have more on combat that I'd like okay. to talk about. Keep keep going then. Keep going then. Okay, uh, combat is also very focused around managing your they they're little diamonds under your health bar, but it's managing uh, stamina. You know, so this art will take three triangles or diamonds, and this one will take four. Uh, so in the early game, it teaches you very quickly to. Use your arts, then link into regular attacks, which you can get three, I believe, in the beginning. Three on the ground, three in the air. And then just keep linking things until you're out of stamina. Very quickly, do you have enough stamina to where you never have to use a regular attack at all? You're just spamming arts. I think that's a little bit of a problem because you now have a complete side of your character that is 100% useless. Um... Were you guys just in the spammy school, or did you try to link your, you know, okay, let me do this art, and then I'll attack three times, and then pop them up in the air, and then attack three times? Like, I I would do that, but again, it was like mini gamification, so it was like trying to juggle or trying to make sure that I could do attack, and then an art, and then an attack, and then an art. Like, there's no reason to do this other than your own personal way to play it, and mine's was figuring out patterns or figuring out things like... Mm. Uh, it's it, it, it's frustrating because it feels like there's the nuts and bolts of a good combat system and the, it, the enemies and the way it presents itself is not good enough for what they've made mechanic. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there is there's something in it that's mm -hmm. good, but it's really implemented terribly. <laughs> I, I, I disagree with you a little bit. Um... But I want to. We'll get into that later. Uh, Luke, what about you? I mean, I mean, did you just okay? I'm just going to spam arts until things are dead, or did uh, you try to engage? I I started off with like trying to juggle and get the combo going, but then eventually I switched all my arts to like the ones that did kind of like an area of effect. So and try and hit as many opponents as once, just to try and kill things quicker. I'm not sure if it did, but I found that if you were going to juggle, you could like blow all your arts and then pull one of your your rallies and like shion's uh like special where she shoots that gun is good for recharging a bit and it keeps the combo going 
Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, it just, it didn't feel like it was worthwhile doing it, you know, like the build up. I found it was easier just to like drain an anime's health until like the very last section of, of an anime is like you have to kill them with one. Or you don't even have to. But when they're on low health, the bar fills a lot quicker. Yeah. Um. Okay, so uh, we've referenced that mechanic a couple times. So what it is is basically, if, if you remember, uh, if you ever played Persona 5, you know, like the all-out attack that would happen sometimes, you kind of get a version of that if you either A, get a high enough combo, or B, you keep them stagger locked long enough at low health and your bar just fills up and you push the button and then cinematic finisher happens. So did you so guys... So that's what we're referencing. So did you guys ever use the... Um, like, Althan has a really cool mechanic where he can use the flame sword at the expense of his health to do more damage or, like, do cooler attacks. Did you do that much, Dave? I, I did a little bit until I switched off of him and realized the CPU has no idea how to use that and just goes to 100% all the time, leaving Elf in at, like, one health. <laughs> all the time. Um, uh... Yeah, like, like, it's a cool idea in principle. I, I don't think you ever need to use it. Yeah, I yeah. I think it's... And this is maybe my next complaint. Is I think it's terribly implemented because the mana system or the CP system... Um, which is used for restoring health, which is obviously needed for healing um, Alpha and after doing it, it doesn't seem like it's reward enough for the the risk or the, the using it. But also purchasing items to restore CP, they cost so much money, like crazy amounts of money, I think. It just... I don't know, it just, it took that whole section or that section of uh, combat out of the game for me. Um, okay, so I think we disagree a little bit. I I see where the designers are coming from on the CP, right? Because in, let's say, uh, Tales of the Abyss or Tales of whatever Craig asked me to play, you could do that thing where I can obviate any difficulty by just spamming heal spells. I think this is kind of a smart decision to, nope, you have a limited amount of healing available unless you want to use consumables, which also forces you to use consumables, so you're engaging with it there. I don't think it's ever that interesting of a trade-off, though. Like, if you could use also use, like, CP to boost damage or something like that, you would have that trade-off of, do I want more damage or do I want to play safer? And you could change that on a fight to fight basis. So I like like the basic idea of CP. Yeah. I don't think it was pushed to any kind of interesting place. I I totally think it's the currency thing that ruins it. It's like I mean like just buying the items to restore your CP in battle and not having to go it, like it used the majority of your money from the main quest lines. Um for me so it it, it it got to the point where it was like, right, I'm not going to do anything that's going to blow health or play risky. This is when I was playing on the harder difficulty. Um, just because it, like, what's what's the point? Like, yeah, it looks cool, but I've just, it means I've got to go respawn all the enemies when I when I heal back up and yeah. get all the CP back. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I want to bring up in stark contrast to this is a little series, you may have heard of it, guys, uh, called Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Kingdom Hearts is also a RPG that is very action-focused with a party system. 
how do you guys feel about the actual nuts and bolts party system in this? Because I, I have a few complaints and a few good job guys. So did I. Sorry. That's why Ma I decided to, to yeah, you know, sorry. change the subject a bit. Mason's uh, crying. He's dealing with that. I missed the question. <laughs> sorry. No, okay. like, I totally think, like, nuts and bolts party-wise, I'm only kidding. I left, a I left a really long delay on purpose there just to fuck you up. I was going to say, you're a fucker, Craig. <laughs> what do you mean, nuts, like, nuts and bolts party, as in just how you collect your party members and how you interact with them? Or are you meaning, like... Off of combat. No, no, like, um, like, do you, do you like the, um, like, I have in my notes, it's a rudimentary gambit system. Like, okay, I can sort of program the AI how I want it to work. I, I like, uh, do you like how chaotic everything is with this many party members? Do you, like, the, the actual nuts and bolts of the party system? Uh, okay, right. So, part, like, party system-wise, you do have that ability to set different tactics. So, I think there was, like, three slots where you could assign people, you know, like, heal all the time, just keep healing. Don't use any CP. Don't do... Are you talking about that, or have you already spoken about that? Uh, I am talking about that, but you can go further in depth with it. You can do, a, like, um, almost... About to the same depth as Dragon Age Origins, if you remember that. It's like, if three enemies present, do this. If party member at 25% health, do this. Oh, I'd say it, like, you can add... Right. Sorry. Okay, so my, my, my comment on that would be, yes, I understand that all that was there. And I really do love those kind of systems. But, it, again, it did not feel necessary in this. Whereas it did, like in Dragon Quest, you could really make your life easier. And you could really... Dragon Age... Did I see Dragon Quest? You did? <laughs> like, we will a bunch of times, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so in Dragon... That Dragon game, you can totally do it, but you can totally play it to your advantage, and you kind of... You don't need to use it, but it makes life so much simpler if you put the effort into learning it. In this, does it fuck matter if you're hitting a sponge it doesn't matter how you're hitting the sponge the sponge is just needing a hit and i played about with you know like getting Shion to just heal and it kind of didn't really feel like it made any difference when you started like combat no i noticed that myself you know it's it, like like i would turn off everything but healing and she would still be doing stuff it's like now Shion, we had to talk about this uh -huh. stop it um, I'm sure it. I'm uh, yeah, sure same it with is, uh, Dolahim yeah. and all his heels. I'm sure it is doing things, but it doesn't feel like it's giving you full control. It feels like a token choice or a token option that's not quite there, which is a shame, really. Well, that's my that, that that's kind of where. Oh, I'm sorry, Luke. Go ahead. Did you have something to add? No, I'm I'm okay. I just yeah, I didn't touch okay. it. All right, uh, so so this is what I guess I'm, I'm angling towards, and that is um, I think this would be a lot better if you were a single character with maybe one or two backups, kind of like the way Kingdom Hearts does. Because when you're doing this, you're either paying super attention to everything going on, and that feels like a waste of energy because it's just not that complex, 
or B, this game really plans on your party dying a lot. Like, half the time on harder difficulties, it was very much, all right, all right, let's let's res those three characters, and they're down again. Because the, the party AI is, it's like a toddler. It, it's kind of smart, but it still doesn't know that if I touch the hot thing, I get burnt. Um, it, it just it runs into enemy AoEs when it's not there to begin with. I can understand, oop, I got caught in it, that's fine. But if you sit back from a battle and actually watch the AI fight, they have no self-preservation. They will just shotgun all of your jellies to stay alive, they will burn through your CP, and they will just single-mindedly attack using whatever parameters you may have set. Like, I think that makes the party aspect of this super frustrating because you can't strategize when they're just mindlessly yeah. attacking. Like it's for, weird though. Did any of you guys play around with the auto mode? Because you can yes. basically set it so that you're all the guys. auto mode. Yeah, if you turn that on, your character's like amazing at dodging stuff. So the AI is there. It's just not applied to the to the party. It's just your own character. I I, I played. Oh, I didn't mess with that I at played, all. Played the third quarter of the game, I want to say a good quarter of the game, maybe t- 10 hours on the trot while I was doing dinner and we're ob- like packing up to move house and stuff. I got Reese to run battle to battle, put it on auto battle on very, very <laughs> easy mode, which is less than story mode. Story mode isn't even the easiest you can get. And left on auto and you can you actually can still control your main character if it's on auto. You can start you can still run about and hit things. And he had a whale of a time with it, honestly. I've <laughs> oh, never seen great. anyone so happy at half controlling someone. Because as soon as he stopped touching buttons, Alfin would he wanted to be Alfin, obviously. You know, like big sword, all that kind of stuff. It was great for him. But the auto mode I genuinely, I, I read reviews afterwards, the same as you, Luke. I don't, when I play a game, I don't read reviews around, but afterwards I do do that whole gap-filling, am I wrong type self-doubt. Yeah. And folk were saying, you know, like on Reddit and stuff like that, folk were saying, I love the Tales series. I love, you know, like everything about it, but I played the whole game with auto mode on battles and I don't even feel guilty. And I'm like, fair play, mate. Do we play it the way you want to play it. You know, if it works, it works. <laughs> Yeah, but on on the other hand, like I agree, you play it if you want to play it on auto, play it on auto and do it with your toes. Mm. Have fun, why not? Um, but when one of the bonuses of a game is I don't have to engage with it, that's bad. Like like Luke, you complimented its fleeing system for an RPG. That's kind of a bad thing. Of like, oh good, I don't have to use the game systems. You know, the skip section of uh, cutscenes is brilliant as well. It really works. <laughs> I, I, no, okay, so so let, let's talk about some of the ancillary stuff. I, <gasps> I think I got out most got, of what I want to talk about on combat. Okay, I, like, I genuinely, for the, well, the first time in a Tales game, of all the Tales games we've played, I think I watched most of the skits in their entirety. Like, over 300 of them. How is your brain? I know. Like, I I started thinking, and this, you might have to shoot me. This might be the point where you say, <laughs> oh God, look, we need to euthanize Craig. He's too, he's too far lost. But <laughs> To the glue factory. 
Yeah, you, the game starts if you think about it in in term like holistically in terms of the whole game. The game starts with an epic anime cutscene that lasts quite some time, and then you get your usual JRPG dialogue, which is sometimes voiced My name over, is Alfred. and sometimes not. I think the skits because they're all titled certain things. Like, I think if you see a skit and you click it and it says Danons versus Renans, and then they give you that... Co- the way it's presented here is a comic book panelled cut-in thing, which I think looks really cool. I like the presentation quite a bit, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think you yeah. if you click a thing that says Danons versus Renans, and you and your playthrough are like, what is it even about? They, cu- they actually don't do a bad job of explaining why they're doing what they're doing. And you don't watch them all because some of them are just garbage. It's like, why did she not eat my cupcake? You know, like, you know, oh, why is... <laughs> and you get, like, um, what's his face? Punchy McPunch face and Magic McMagic Girl. Law. Law and Rinwell talking, going... Rinwell, have, yeah. Have you seen the way the Alfin looks at Shion? And they're like... Yeah, it's really weird because obviously there's something going on there. They're so garbage, it's unbelievable. But some of them in the early part of the game do a great job of explaining the story in a bit more detail. It's a bit like you're reading all of the lore in a book. It's codex entries, yeah. but voice acted. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, uh, I, kinda, I, I I'll just finish saying it. I kind of, it was okay. It didn't great because you can't skip them. I, I, I'll give it that is Tails' thing. Mm-hmm. Like, no other game does the skits. And I think that that's a nice hook Tails has where they can flesh out the world in a kind of enjoyable fashion without Garrus having to read you do, all the Citadel yeah. Codex. You know, what you know it, like, like it, it's, it's an interesting way to do it. It made me think of the um, Final Fantasy XV campfire scenes. Like, that kind of yes. way to present something I really like. It's more personable. I will take Ignis over Shion any oh, day, yeah. though. Just saying. Oh, yeah. As my cook. Uh, okay, so on that note, we're not going to knock down Story Wall yet. It's still up, so don't worry. Um, My main problem with the skits in terms of how it molds into the story is any character development that may likely happen during skits never pays off. Like, there were a bunch of times where somebody will be a certain way in a skit, and then outside of that skit, they're almost a completely different personality. There's Mm. not any... Okay, I think I just (laughs) described the problem with anime. (laughs) Like, like, I I think that's the problem. Um, We are all bearded men in our 30s. Uh, Luke, do you have a beard on currently? I do, yes. Okay. Good. We are all bearded men talking about video games in our 30s. We are very unique, in case you're wondering. But... Wait, can you see Craig? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> um, Craig has his beard on the inside, so I don't have to worry about it on the outside. Uh, I, there is no real story character development here because it is... It's anime. Um, people are very shallow... Until the story calls for them to not be, and then they are the character the story calls them to be for this, um, uh, for the Boo arc, and then but for the um, Dragon Ball GT arc, they're they're not that character anymore. They're slightly different. Um, 
I didn't get any satisfactory character development out of it. Uh, like, yeah, guys, one hundred percent. Yeah. Did you have any idea that perhaps Shion would turn out to be nice after she spent some time around the Cheery Boy? Like, like you could call everybody's character development from the moment you saw them. I think for me, it fell apart when you first meet or you you meet the big bad for the second time. Um, and he totally kicks the whole party's ass. Like, absolutely destroys them. And afterwards, nobody says a word about it. Like, who was that guy? Like, I was just waiting for, like, wow, we need to train. Or some sort of, like, some sort of, like... Who was that guy? Did yeah. you eat my cupcakes? <laughs> yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, right, that's it. I'm out. I've, I've checked out at this point. And, uh, yeah, I just... It... Yeah. yeah. I... I think one of one of the most interesting sorry one of the most interesting I've got, I know I've got a delay so I'll just keep talking from now on one of the most interesting characters I actually thought was um what's his face the guy that's presented as middle-aged to late age except he still looks in his 20s beefy boy from the start Lost Lost Dad Lost Dad Yeah I thought he was pretty interesting Zarg Zorg no that's Toy Story uh, uh, Zerg is Toy Story. <laughs> Zorg is a different anime. <laughs> Bloody hell! Uh, hey. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I was like, ooh, ooh, okay, this is interesting. Uh-huh. And we'll leave it there for now. because uh, that is a bit of a story spoiler. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's finish talking about some of the the rest of the ancillary things that happen in an RPG, and then we'll crack into the story because boy howdy, story. Um. First off, I like the skill tree system. I, it reminds me a little bit of the sphere grid system for Final Fantasy X, and that is never a bad thing. I think it is lifted like 100% off of Final Fantasy XV with its, here is the core, and here's the satellite skills you can get because of that core. That's kind of how it works. How I, did you guys feel about it? I thought it was good. I had the same Final Fantasy X vibes, but for for me, like I thought it was a worse implementation of that because Final Fantasy X had that thing where you, it almost felt like you were piecing together a maze or a puzzle to get from there to there. Yeah. This felt more like randomized groupings, like some upgrade over to the right will upgrade your maximum AP or something like that, and then somewhere else you can double the time that you roll for. So some of it was a wee bit weird, but the thing that got me the most was to activate a specific core, you had to do something in the game that was completely... Like, you had to speak to an NPC and then roll in a specific way just to activate... Or, like, find 80% of the owls yeah. and, bam, you've unlocked this core. Yeah. yeah, so I thought it was a wee bit weird. I mean, it's nice, it's clear enough presented, and it's nice enough, and you get enough points to upgrade what you want to upgrade. But I'd... I much prefer a Final Fantasy fifteen, a Final Fantasy ten type thing. I, I just, I think I, I actually I hadn't put it together. I, I just okay. So for me, when I, I I think of a JRPG, I'm like, right, I'm either going to get sucked in by the story or the world or the combat or the characters or the progression, and there, I just feel like this is just like an empty, an empty, like visual cue that doesn't do anything it like if you think of other rpgs like you get the option to specify your character to work in a set way or you know you could maybe if it was like a mage you could go frost or 
or fire or or whatnot or you can specialization yeah, yeah yeah you can specialize your character to how you want it there's none of that in here any of these because the combat is so i don't know there's not a lot to it whatever you tofu cho- <laughs> whatever you change in this doesn't impact the game in any way you're playing it so it's like you might unlock a different skill but everything else is just completely it's just fluff it doesn't do anything there's no i also think the way you get skill points it, it's not like a appealing thing to get at the end of them you know, like if i think final fantasy like seven for example i think this is one most people think of they level up you get the little victory tune at the end and then you get the bar that goes up and yes right cool now i can unlock this or i've done this again that isn't presented leveling up your arts there's not really a reward for it so it just again it falls flat for me all right so you both bought up stuff that kind of reforged my ideas on this like like you both bring up very good points um I I am not a fan of the grade system that Tales of uses after battles, like Luke said. It's not the same as you got this much XP and or, you know, hey, you managed to do this. Uh, I don't like the, the I, I like the idea behind the grade system where it it's watching you play and it's like, oh, you didn't get hit here in this battle. You get an extra five. You know, like I like that idea. And it's it's like the skits that is part of Tales identity. Not a huge fan of it. But that's its identity. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, and But I think you're also right, Luke. Like, uh, for me, whenever I unlocked a new, um, I guess, cluster would be the best way to put it. It was always, okay, what actually looks like it's going to have an effect? And you get those first. Like, oh, this will actually give me another diamond of stamina. Uh-huh. Okay, got that. I guess I'll just buy this, 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 and this afterwards. Like, no big deal. So you are right. I, I think that's a very good point. Um, and Craig? Yes. I don't remember your point, but rest assured, it's in my brain somewhere. I was saying that I don't like the way that to unlock a cluster, you have to perform, oh. you have to do a side quest or you have to do something weird. To- I that's, See, I'll, I'll 100% disagree with you on that. I, I think that's a nice kind of diegetic way of ensuring that you have to do a little bit of engagement with the world, right? Like, oh, if I want this cluster, yeah, I've got to find 80% of the owls. Or uh, make sure you do Kisara's back okay, yeah. side quest. Okay. Like, that That's cool. I, I like that. Right. Just to disagree with your disagreement, I find 80% of the owls. I unlock the way of the owl. <laughs> And then it unlocks an un- an upgrade cluster, which is surrounded by things like double jump. And I'm like, but that's your point. And yes, I like that's a very good point. Yes, yeah, uh, the fact that, that the satellites way. have nothing to do with the cluster. You're right. Yeah. There you go, Craig. So, yeah, I, th- I think both of you have very good points there. I actually like retrospectively now changed how much I enjoyed it. I didn't give it that much thought. Mm-hmm. So, good job, you guys. Mm-hmm. Totally changed High my five, opinion. Craig. Woo! Yeah! Let's <laughs> criticize somebody um, else's, like, four or five year dies. life's work. <laughs> Alphen kills Dumbledore in the end. Okay, so, um, it also comes chock full of the usual JRPG. I don't want to say nonsense, because that's what you get. Uh, which is, like, cooking 
and crafting. And of course, since it's a game from Japan, you cannot get away with not having fishing. Or the Japanese government finds you, I do believe. Um, so. Do you know what double, double disappointment I had with this? Because you messaged me and said, oh, Craig, it's got fishing. And I thought, oh, fuck. And then <laughs> I swam through a wee bit, because you can swim in this for something. I swam through a wee bit and I swam over a fish and, it's, and you tapped the button and he dove down and came back up and he came up with a carp. And I'm like, oh, thank God, because the fishing that Dave told me was fishing, <laughs> that's all it is. I just need to swim about and tap A and then it introduces shitty fishing. And I'm like, oh, my God. It was it was such a roller coaster of emotions because, okay. as you know, I, I hate fishing in every single game, every single JRPG okay. that has fishing, which is all of them. It's just terrible. I Even will say Yakuza. it's better than near. Oh, the near fishing is terrible. Yakuza, you're fishing in a bun that's full of dead people. There's no reason. <laughs> There's no reason for it. Like, at all. Craig, I think 90% of their national export is fish, so I imagine there's a cultural touchstone there to oh, fishing. I, I don't yeah. understand either. Because um, uh -huh. it always ends up being a either a slightly fun side activity where I'm bored, I don't feel like fighting sandbag, so let's go fishing, or it completely halts progress. And I, I think in this it doesn't halt progress. It's it's very innocuous in this. Ocarina of Time has a better fishing game than this, by far, and that's 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 awful. <laughs> yeah. the the only fishing game that is ever going to lure me in haha -ha, I said it yes I'm keeping it in um, Sega is, best fishing no it's the Final Fantasy VR Monsters of the Deep because I think they must have surely they've not just made it a monster of the deep as, as a really big herring they must have done something else with it <laughs> I sense disappointment in your future, Craig. I'm sure it's just a purple herring. Um, okay, yeah. So, so uh, crafting. What I was very bled on. I, I didn't enjoy it. I, I, there's a little bit of weapon customization in there. Of like, oh, okay. So if I combine these two, then this skill carries on to the next one. Very um, chocobo breeding. I'm sorry we keep referencing Final Fantasy, but hey, it, it's it's the, the big daddy. Um, I didn't really get on with the cooking either. It was just kind of, ah, what meal gives me the best bonus? Yeah, sure. That's fine. Agreed. Uh, and then there's the combat arena. And <laughs> did you guys nah. monkey with nah. the farm or the combat nah. arena? I did nah. the farm. I did the farm to the max. Combat arena, no. For the and the farm... Okay, just to go back, like ease of use and all that. The, the um, the, I've, we've not explained the farm at all. So the farm is a, a kind of mini game side questy type thing where you have slots and you can fill them with animals, and the, you breed including them, including horses, including horses for meat, like horse meat, which you can eat. Um, and it's a timed thing, so you stuff a bunch of animals in there, you give them feed, free food you're not going to get as much meat and it's going to take longer or, you know, the premium stuff where it only takes half an hour and you get twice as much meat. But when you go to a campfire, someone in your party will say, in fact, it's normally law, will say, maybe we should check out the farm. That's your trigger for 
it's done. Your you know your your horse meat is done. You can then manage the fa- without having to fast travel anywhere. You can manage the farm from any campfire, and that's genius. Like being able to oh, do again, that again plays into the frictionless idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I would never have engaged with that at all if I had to fast travel back to the farm. But because it was just in the menu, I was like, I should have shit. I'm doing this. I want my horse meat. <laughs> it takes to take like like I I think in the case of the farm the frictionless part of it is a bit double edged right because while you never would have engaged with it otherwise you didn't exactly get much from engaging with it I got horse meat I ended the game with hundreds of horse meat like I barely oh used I had it. so much horse meat just because <laughs> dude this game lets me eat horse that's great yeah um. So, yeah, like, there is that double-edged sword of, like, you don't need to, but if you decide you want to, there's no friction there. It's just boop, 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 menu, you're done. (gasps) I forgot about something else that I loved. Can Can I tell you something else? Sure. And I don't know what, I can't even think if something we've played does it and I've just not realized, but if you... Because of the way the, the map works, it works in that more old school area by area. You walk into a new area and it loads. But when you're navigating Monster the map... Hunter. Mo- yeah, exactly. Monster Hunter. Oh my God, we Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter Ultimate. I, I honestly, I nearly cried every time you walked three <laughs> feet and it loaded a new area. Um, I love the fact that you could be halfway across the world and if you wanted to browse the map you could click on the entrance and exit points of the map and just reload it gave you a really good picture of where you were because you could click back three or four areas you could move about you could see where you hadn't been and it was a lot more tactile than seeing one whole map than do you know what I mean? I, you, I, I agree you... with you a hundred percent because uh, this was this was actually something I was looking at going into this because Zestiria's map system is the god awful worst. It's mm-hmm. this, but you can't really interact with it to find out where I am, where I have to go. It's just bloop. Here's the small area, and you're like, does Meadow A lead to here? Or does Meadow B lead uh, to there? I I don't know. Uh, it just says okay. Meadow A, Meadow B. So I I think they really upped their game in terms of maps. It's not exactly a giant open world that you might get lost in, really. Yeah. But the fact that they put the work in there, yeah. I you know, props to them. I I'm gonna just say I think the the maps is again another like it's just it's a PlayStation Two game. It's like like empty zones, blank walls, like and there's so much running like. You'll 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 get an objective like so you'll run from one side of the castle to the other and it'll be like hey go speak to the guy at the front gate okay cool I've got to run all the way back all through all these things and then sometimes just for the fun of it they remove the option to fast travel so you've got to do it and it's like I'm just running from load screen to load screen I don't understand why you've done this like it's I will say up front um, as will be in the next fifty games I play. Boy, did Elden Ring um, make a lot of open world games look bad. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, so I'm judging it on a bit of a harsher curve than I would have before Elden Ring came out. But yes, this is I I I, I mean I, I think calling it a PS2 game is a little reductive because if you did this on the PS2, little boy Dave's eyes would have exploded. But I see what you mean. It, it's very simple. It it's very. 
Well, utilitarian. I, I didn't want to say Final Fantasy, but Final Fantasy X does this just as well. And how was that game? I uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I I, I see. It, it's open linearity. Yeah. I I mean, like, uh, if you also think of an RPG or JRPG, you think open world, like, or like a fascinating world. But the world is like, yes, it looks pretty, but there's very little to interact with, regardless of the skin that's on it. Which was another. You're right. It's pretty but empty. Exactly. Yeah. Even even when you're out um, roaming where you expect loads of monsters, there's only maybe one area outside I thought was which is the one just before you get to the third castle, I guess. Uh, the, the one just before the farm. I thought that was quite interesting. It had a dragon and like loads of different circles. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like like it, it is weird because the game never really seemed to take advantage of the fact that they were going for open world at all, ever. I was expecting like, a just... Final Fantasy twelve where it would suddenly just open up, but no, just nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or even a 15 at that point where it's like, all right, this is one contiguous mm. open world. There will be ramifications. No, they, they didn't really. And I don't know how much of it is, well, this is what a Tales yeah. of Mold is, yeah. and this is what we must do. So, I mean, I guess on the upside to our downside is if you enjoy that, hey, here's more of it. <laughs> yeah. I just don't understand why you enjoy it. That's all. So, in the course of this podcast that we have been recording for far too long on Tales of, uh, turns out Luke has to go. There's a lot of things going on on Wall Street right now, and they need him. So, uh, we're going to take a quick it's, it's slice drugs. right here. It's just drugs. <laughs> oh. Okay, so, um, can I ask some? Oh, okay. All right. So what we're going to do is Luke's going to give his final thoughts and then skedaddle out of here because Wall Street needs him. Uh, yeah, so cool. Luke, you have the floor. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Uh, yeah, so I think I've pretty much said everything I need to say. Um, it, for me, when I go into an RPG, I'm thinking I'm going to get interesting characters or an interesting story, an interesting combat system, an interesting world, or like fun mini games, something like that. And unfortunately, this game just didn't deliver on anything for me. I, I, I honestly can't think of a worse game I've played lately, if not in the last five years. The last game that I thought was this bad was Telltale's Game of Thrones. It's just oh, nothing about it appealed to me. And I know it's a me thing. Um. So yeah, play this game. <laughs> 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 well, I'll buy it, guys. Uh, but yeah. Thanks for thanks. All right, we'll see you on near. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Thanks a lot for whoever recommended this. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, this is all Craig. This is know, all I'm, Craig. I'm really sorry. No, it's fine. It it's answered the question. I think it has kind of settled in my head that I'm only going to play JRPGs if they are the best of the best, and that's just a me thing. I just don't get on with them, unfortunately. But um. Yeah, it was good in a way. I listened to a lot of podcasts right. whilst whilst <laughs> whilst playing this game. Uh, uh it's great for your podcast backlog. Yeah, they're gonna put that right on the back. <laughs> Definitely. Oh well, guys, uh, have have a good one, and I'll see you next All time. Right. Oh, Take it God. easy, man. Love see you, man. Take it easy. Right, love you. Bye. Okay, so with Luke out of the way, uh, doing his Wall Street shenanigans, it's time to talk about the story. This is your last warning about the story. 
we are not going to 100% spoil it, but we will probably talk about things that happen in the beginning, the middle, and the end. So if you listen to this going, ah, eh, they won't spoil everything, you're probably right. But there are notable bits that happen in each one that we'll probably hit. So if you have any interest in this game at all, uh, it might be best for you to say goodbye, and I will miss you. All right, I'll give you three seconds to get out of here, to scramble to get the phone out of your pocket. You're like, no, no. Uh, okay. One, two, three, blammo. All right, Craig. So, I went on a very interesting ride because of this story. Not that the story itself was interesting too much, but I went on an interesting ride. So, I had the very high hopes that this would talk a lot about the very subject of oppression, right? Because games don't talk too much about that. That's kind of a... We're not going to touch that. I mean, you have some things like like Conquistadors and things like that that deal with that. But I'm like, okay, this is a big AAA RPG. It's going to talk about oppression. And for a large chunk of it, it led me on. And it was like, Dave, this is this is what you like. Um, I think this doesn't have interesting things to say about oppression. This does have interesting illustrations of oppression. Oh, but before I get into, like, filling that point out a little bit, did you get that, like, what vibes did you get from the story at all? <laughs> like, I, I almost the same as you. I, I don't think I think it's about things as intelligently as or as deep as you do but from the moment you're introduced to the situation and you kind of get a wrangle on what's going on a group of people enslaved and someone in that midst that you become that you're a protector of that sort and then you go on this journey and i'm talking like first 10 hours you go on this journey and realize that there's other areas that are as oppressed as you. It 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 made me feel like I wanted to figure things out. The the things that got me story wise were things like you meet who you think is the Lord. Oh no, who is the Lord of one world? And it turns out that Lord is good, but his steward is a complete dick. You know, like I love the wee twists and turns it built up to give each of these characters, they could have very easily had five lords and all of them were big oppressors. Lava Man, and he's lava. And then they had Wind Lord, and he stirs up tornadoes. And then Earth Lord with Earth. They could have very easily did that, but they tried to give unique spins on each town that you visited. And each form of oppression, you had slavery, you had, you know, like very psychological torturous oppression. You had that 1984 surveillance oppression. It, it, it kind of did that reason. It touched on various methods of oppression that were quite nice. No, 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 I don't mean the um, I don't mean it was nice. I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I mean. It's nice to see it. Um, like, like, and that's if you remember. <laughs> like many moons ago when we did Bioshock, like that that's some of the most fun I get out of those games is, oh, this is a cool illustration of, you know, um, different types of government. 
like, and how it can go wrong. That's really cool. Here, like you said, um, I don't know where you got that note from, but that's a pretty good note about well, how each of the four towns to begin with are a different type of oppression. Uh, like when you first start with um, Alfin, um, that's a very just just flat out slavery, right? Like Egypt and the Jews just build me a pyramid kind of thing. Uh, and then, like you said, you move on to that that George, that Orwellian subterfuge of Red Scare kind uh-huh. of oppression of like keep an eye on your neighbor; they may turn you yeah. into a communist. I and I then love that moves that. up. I liked it, mm-hmm. but it, it okay. Nope, nope, nope. Gonna move on. Uh, move so on. so after that, you move in into like a vassal state where it's they will pretend. That yes, we're we're living in peace, and it's a very like you said psychological kind of oppression of like no 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 we're not like them but you might want to follow our rules a little bit right, and then you have uh, the wind lady hmm? I can't remember her name uh, which is very in- insurrection and manipulation right where it's it's like ah we're actually gonna get you what to do what we want you to do but it's gonna seem like your idea kind of and it, it it's very cool the way it illustrates each one of those and then it goes to shit um they didn't really keep that theme up and i think some of my problem with the story is it doesn't have anything interesting to say about any of those methods of oppression it's every single one of them gets sore solved with flamey sword man doing flamey sword thing uh i don't find that super interesting and later on, I think the story completely shits to bed because now it's space time happy hour. Let's go to space. Oh. Or as Tim Curry would say, space. Uh, that was really good. Do you know, it is something, and I, I don't, it's not in an overlabeled, no more sagesy kind of way, but I feel like they missed a trick in just chopping off the last third of the game. And putting a wee, uh, yeah, and putting a wee bit more effort into tying up various loose ends of this because you're right. How do we solve an over MI five surveillance state? We stab the leader with a sword. How do we solve slavery? We stab the leader <laughs> with a sword. It, that is the answer to everything. Is you stab the the lord with a sword. And it's never, I'm going to maybe perhaps inspire the people to overthrow. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to use the current system to change it a little. Like, it is very much stab stab the thing with the sword, oppression ends. Which, in some cases, that is how it goes. But... I I would say, like, and and I I would never say, Dave, I disagree with you because I'm not like that. But I I kind of, one angle and... Other than Zoltar, the one person that I think I actually find interesting is Dolahim, the the Dolahim, Dolahim, El Zab- Do, uh, Is it Dolahim or Dohalim? Do- it's one of those two. I one can't remember two. where that L and the H are. Yeah, so one of the lords you meet is actually, he's the lord of the town where everyone's happy. And there is an element of unhappiness and queasiness about it. But this lord is genuine in his intent to try and bring balance to things. And I think him joining your party 
and then being able to enact that change elsewhere is actually probably one of the stronger story arcs in the whole game is him. Uh, you know you know what? I would kind of agree with you. Like, like I, I think that's probably, yeah, one of the better arcs mm-hmm. that, that this has is the, oh, he was an unknowing puppet, but still understands the responsibility mm-hmm. of what being ignorant did. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's cool. I didn't so much like the turning people into goop. Yep, yep, but, yep. like, Craig, is, is there ever a story of oppression that doesn't involve, oh, we're just using people as batteries? Like, th- does that ever happen in video games, ever? Stop using people's batteries. But how else are we going to use like, their hope? Like, you get, you can't buy chicken nuggets with hope. No, but, well, well, I mean, Maybe. Maybe I'm sure someone's gonna find a way to monetize hope. You can certainly buy horse nuggets with hope. (laughs) Nothing like a good horse nugget at midnight, right? You're like, "Mm, want me some horse nuggets? Um, Yeah, I want to eventually talk about each character for a little bit because I think there are some good ones and some bad ones. The Left turn. Okay, guys, this is the end game spoiler. So, mm. if you're still listening and you think, should I be listening to this? Just stop. Just stop and go and play the game. Okay, so it does the JRPG thing of actually, there was this space entity behind all of it. Okay, I realize I'm playing a JRPG. That's fine. You need a threat bigger than just people. Okay, that's cool. What I didn't like was this game, the entire game paints Renans in the light of, no, they're, they're using people. They are, it's bad. Don't, don't do that. And then you get to their planet and it's, oh, but we didn't know. Uh, we, We thought it was like, I don't like how it was so afraid to say, no, those are actually just bad people. And you can be the better person by not stabbing them all with a flamey sword. But no bad guy in this is just a selfish bad person. It's always, oh, but they were being used. Or, oh, they misunderstood. Or, they were victims too. I hate that they were victims too thing. Mm, don't like that. I really don't like how they didn't... I don't want to say have the balls... But it almost seemed like Renans were real people and they didn't want to accidentally offend a Renan, right? Like, like it felt weird the way it did that about face of like, no, they're just as bad. It's like, nah, not really, dog. Um, so that that was about where I was like, you know what, I'm, I, I, I don't care about the story anymore. You guys kind of blew it. And then Space Entity shows up and you're like, ah, oh, just oh. stab the thing. By the time it got mm. to Space Entity, I vaguely enjoyed running about some of the maps like some of the the stretchy gloopy green shit that's going about the place it's a nice welcome change um and something that gets me what uh, one of the worlds you're in and one of the places you're at is that mix and this is this is just weird you might call me crazy but it's like a horizon mix of technology and organic stuff like you've got automatic doors and computer systems and bridges but you've also got like vines and shit going through the place 
I really like that. There's something about that that gets me, and I kind of just a, uh, I, I find it quite nice and pleasing to be. Oh no, a... I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Yeah, it does have that sort of biomechanical, uh-huh. or I don't know if you call it that, because biomechanical makes you mm-hmm. think of like Geiger. Yeah. But yeah. it's a different kind of biomechanical. Yeah. So I, I kind of like bits like that, but when it goes full space, there's a planet with a big flower on it. I'm struggling to even think how a simple way to put it. But basically... What? Um, the, the simple way to put it is, we're using you as a battery. Yeah, yep, yeah, the, okay, fine. <laughs> we're using you as a battery, and you don't, and half of you don't even know that we're using you as well to use the other people as batteries. It's weird. I don't like it. I don't like it. No, um, I, I agree it kind of shits the bed towards the end, but up until the Renin thing, I thought this had a very interesting hook for a JRPG, because again, you'll never see Dragon Quest talking about slavery, ever. Um, I also want to say that, um, and I very rarely say these words, I kind of like the amnesia angle. Well, like the fact well, that they don't carry it. Oh, oh, I was literally that was my segue for when you had a break. Was I was going to say, so Dave, how do you feel <laughs> about the fact that Alfin does not re- even remember his name? Is it because he's got an iron mask on, and you're like, well, that explains it. Um, yes, they had a little bit of an in-universe reason. And I don't think the story would have worked well. Although, I mean, how long did it take you to cotton on the fact that, oh, he's, you can't see his face because he's a Renin. Like, it, it's oh, that simple. Three seconds, at least. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like, oh, okay, got it. Yeah, it's painfully obvious. One of the things that I think it, it does well is, no, 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 it doesn't even do it well. It just does it for story explanationary reasons as it takes a long time to build up trust in someone that you then find out is supposed to be the enemy like you know it's 1940 and you all of a sudden find out that your dentist is a nazi but he's a really nice guy so you're like okay <laughs> fine Maybe not all Nazis are bad. I The moment you said 1940, I was like, oh, God, don't say Nazi. Oh, God, don't say Nazi. Oh, you said Nazi. Uh, let's say 1950s communists. Okay. Right? right? Go with that. Go with that. That's a, a little better. Um, yeah. Like, like I, the moment I, I, I cottoned on to the fact that Sheik is Zelda... You're like, oh, you can just picture all the scenes that were going to happen once they found out. And you're like, yeah, can we just get this over with? Like, I don't think they beleaguered the point too much. And most of the time, I think I think the reason why I thought this amnesia, I almost said insomnia. Boy, an insomniac main character would be interesting. But it was the fact that they didn't hammer at home constantly. Nobody was explaining to him what food was. Nobody was explaining to him, oh, you know, these are piggies and we use them for me. Like it, it very quickly didn't become about amnesia. Whereas with other amnesia games, it's like, oh my gosh, look, the man knows how to function in society. Mm. Um, 
So yeah, Run that didn't bother me too shut much. Shut your face. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that, was, oh, that was just my take on Catherine. <laughs> just, like, just shut up. Yes. Yes. Just shut up. Um, okay. So let's talk about the characters themselves. Um, I very quickly got tired of Alfin's shenanigans. And not, not like, I know I just said the amnesia was fine, but... Um, the shenanigans of the overpressive guilt for something that nobody should ever have guilt for because, well, duh, it would, that's not your fault. Um, I also am getting very tired of the, mm, this is going to make me sound really dumb and petty, but you know what? In for a penny, in for a pound, Craig. Enough with the, but is a clone a real person? If you were born in a test vial, does that make you a real person? Yes, it does, you morons. We have in vitro fertilization. They're people. Can we stop having that discussion like it matters anymore? It, it, it To me, it's about as tired as, but are self-aware AI actually people, Craig? What about the geth? What, what about the geth? It's like, guys, th- this is a hoary old yeah. talking point that doesn't matter ne- anymore. Mm. Who cares if you were born in a lab? Never mind the geth. What about the Borg? Uh, aren't they just Cybermen that got lost along the way? Oh, God. I don't know. Me and Kelsey had a giant talk about why Doctor Who was terrible the other day. It was fun. It's just, it's That's just generally terrible. Like, you shouldn't make an entertaining TV series about time travel because people will just pick it to death for a start. Oh, yeah. No, no. Well, that was, that's when it's like you can't give them... Professor Space Time powers and then not poke holes in every uh, single thing that happens. You can't yeah. do it. Uh, anyway, okay, so uh, Doctor Who aside, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it turns out people that are born in test tubes are still people. Uh, duh. So I, I got very tired of Alfin's arc, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, eh, whatever. Um, you at all? Did you identify? No. At no. all? Did you like the arc? Okay. Uh, no, no. Like, as I said, like I'd, I brought up, obviously, um, quasi Il Akim's story arc. Il Akim? What's his name? Dolahim. Oh, Dolahim. No, but it's it's Dolahim El Quackatak. I don't know. Anyway, Quackpack. I, br- I brought up. I brought up his not as a kind of introduction to what I liked. I brought it up because it was the only story arc I liked from all of these people. I wasn't too keen on Alphans, Sheons, and I especially didn't care about Law or Rin. Uh, Rin, oh my god. What's her f- yeah. Um, um, Rinwell. Rinwell. I, I got the first three letters. It's just because we just spoke about Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Like Alphans, I just, I just didn't care, and I sent you the the best bit of the whole thing is when his mask pops off fully, and you get this this shot of his face, and it's like glorious. It's anime as hell. It's <laughs> like music playing, and he's suddenly alive. But because Amelie had customized all the faces, it had goofy glasses on, <laughs> and it's it's honestly it's. If she hadn't done that, I wouldn't even be speaking about that scene. Like, I didn't care about him getting unmasked. 
But because Amelie had stuck the goofy glasses on and I got that epic scene with goofy glasses, I think it was brilliant. So that's, <laughs> that's a bit different. Um, yeah, that is one thing I, I'll give tales of. We probably should have mentioned it while Luke was still here, but the, the customization is a fun little thing. I, it doesn't yeah. add really much of anything. But you want to put a dog tail on somebody, knock yourself out. Have fun with it. Um, okay. Um, the moment our our lady Xion got introduced did you have her 100 percent complete story arc already going oh know where this is going okay yeah and um, maybe 99.999 percent of it <laughs> there's always a wee bit of doubt but yeah you totally and utterly you just know what's gonna happen i, I don't understand why they use the same and, and this is this is a lot of japanese game development problems they have their stock of like 12 characters. And by golly, they will use one of those 12. And if you try to make a 13th, well, <laughs> I like I don't un- I don't like being able to meet a character, hearing them speak five words, and then go, oh, I know pretty much everything that's going to happen with you. That drives me. In- I mean, imagine playing something like, oh, I know I bring it up all the time, but it's a really high bar for me. Imagine playing something like The Witcher, and the moment you hear Geralt talking, like, oh, I know where you're going with your story. It's disheartening. And that's some of my problem with the story here. It's just, I I could storyboard a good chunk of this out. Um, so it turns out the grumpy lady ends up being nice when she has friends. No. Who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah, like, honestly, it happens. <sighs> it's, it's ridiculous. Um, uh, uh, then we meet uh, Law. Oh, no, we men were first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Craig, if I said there was a shy bookish type lady, what would you guess her arc would be in an anime? Um, well, in this game, obviously Futaba is a weird shy anime chick. <laughs> well, masterfully done. Well done. Well done. Turns out Rinwell is really searching for financial security for her grandparents. Um, she made a lot of really bad moves on the market. That's what Luke actually had to go and fix. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, so it's an interesting character arc. I mean, first she has the money and then she's like, well, I need more of a nest egg in this economy. Like she's constantly saying in this economy. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I didn't find much of Rinwell to be that exciting, other than the gameplay was a nice change of pace. Yeah. I actually, and, I, I didn't mind the whole Hootle thing. I thought it was kind of, like, no, endearing no, no, that's a fun little character and touch. fun. Yeah. And and collecting the owls, and then the owl king going, who? And the owl queen going, who? 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 <laughs> I never thought I needed much like a Pope hat on a turtle. I never thought I needed a mustache on an owl. Uh-huh. But now my life will feel empty without a mustachioed owl. Do you know what? Do you know what? See when you go to the owl. So you collect, you find owls in the wild, and every time you go back, some oh, sorry, sometimes you go back, the owl king because you found X amount of owls will have a prize. I love. The animation of him shooting up into the sky <laughs> and then tornadoing the off. <laughs> Honestly, the first time I saw it, I thought, what the fuck was that? He jumped up into it and then tornadoed off into a bush. By the end of it, I couldn't wait to see it again. Like, it's the same <laughs> animation again. I'm like, that's fantastic. 
And I also want to give them props on making finding collectibles frictionless. Mm -hmm. Like there's a tree for every area and you can walk up to the tree and it will say you have found all the owls in this area. And you're like, oh, good. I can cross that off. I'm good. Yep. Like they even made collectibles frictionless. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, But Renwell, the character, is exactly what you think mm -hmm. she is going to be. Uh, Law. Um, the hot-blooded youth. Um, never seen that story arc. But I know I'm being really dismissive, but th this is some hoary old tropes we got going on. And I had a good think about this, Craig, because I, I realized I have just a natural repulsion to anime storytelling anymore. And I'm not going to say it's because I'm mature or because I want more out of my fiction. I mean, it's video games. But I think it's just because I've seen them way too many times. Turns out when you play thousands of video games, you see this a lot. Why doesn't it bother me in something like Final Fantasy X? Why didn't it bother me in Final Fantasy XV? Um, because the rest of the trappings actually work so like in final fantasy 15 you've got a gigantic beautiful open world you've got interactions between characters that feel meaningful and you kind of forget that maybe, it's just a maybe trope that's it maybe maybe the character like they start in the same place but how they they diverge is what makes them interesting like yeah, I mean, I guess that might play back into the the point I had about the characters don't really change. They're the same character throughout. It's more of a, how will this personality type react in this situation? Or like, 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 Craig, we both really liked Yakuza Like a Dragon. That had some of the tropiest characters ever. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like you I, knew that the ex-cop was going to be like that from the moment he said, yeah, I'm an ex-cop. But, like... And and all respect to Yakuza like a dragon, they it, they totally did that on purpose. Like I can't see it in any other way than they played into and leaned into every trope of the character story and genre because they do everything so perfectly that they it's not an accident that it's so good. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, when you first meet Ichiban uh -huh. to talk about Yakuza some more, you're like, okay, I know what you're. Oh, oh, you're you're not like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And 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 to keep it in the Yakuza circle, I think even if it's a, like Kiryu is nothing but a walking trope. The man is a brick wall of trope. Uh huh. But I guess the situations they put him in and how they give little moments of humanity make him. Okay, and fun. Yeah. In this, there isn't... They try to do little bits of humanity. Like, Xion likes to eat a lot. But that's also a giant trope in anime. Uh, of, like, the slender girl that eats way too much. Yeah. Uh, maybe that that's it. There's just not an original spin that I can latch onto. I do think you're right. Like, Dolahim is probably the best uh -huh. of the group in terms of, oh, this is an interesting character arc. Yeah, did you not do the Alphan Orphanage minigame where you had to, like, run the orphanage? <laughs> no, I was fishing. I'm sorry. I must have missed right, that okay. one. Yeah, there was a, you had to defend an um, orphanage. It was like tower defense game, and you were defending the orphanage. Oh, 
oh, that sounds great. Like a Plants vs. Zombies <laughs> thing where you just kind of, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> okay, so that is your core party. Now comes the question of the enemy lords. Did any of them, other than Doholim, mm-hmm. make an impact for you at all? Um, the most impactful or the most memorable was the obvious Lord is the leader of the resistance arc thing. Like, <laughs> Oh, you spotted that too, huh? Fuck. You walk into the resistance headquarters. I used bunny ears at the resistance headquarters and you meet the leader of the resistance and he's got like a hipster hairdo. He's talking posh and he, you're like immediately he's a baddie. Like, Tackles are up. Yeah, it, it's it's like you have more design on you than everybody else around you. You exactly. are somebody important. <laughs> exactly. And the way it plays out is exactly what you would expect. You you arrange a revolution. You're going to go and save Zoidberg or whatever his name is. And the, king, the, Lord, the Lord is out on the stage and you're there. And then all of a sudden the Lord just goes... Have I done a good job? And the leader of resistance is like, you may go now. I am the... I was just like, I saw this coming a a million miles away. (laughs) To be be honest, the thing that I didn't see coming, which, looking back, I should have, I didn't think Zephyr was going to die. Like... Oh, I had him pegged for death the moment he didn't have a skill tree. Okay. I mean, yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, you don't have a skill tree. I can't monkey with your equipment. You're toast. See, I I, I ignored that because, you know, some people join the party and some people just come along for the ride. Oh, true, true. So I just thought he's just along for the ride and I'll get him eventually or something. And then I started thinking I can't have him and law. So I like... The surprise bit was... I th- Yeah, the moment you see Law, too. I, you're like, oh, yeah, yep, you're in the party. When you get Law, you're like, okay, I'm not getting Zephyr. You can't have a dad-son party thing going on here. That's just weird. Yeah, that might be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it would be It would be really interesting. Maybe at some point in the future when everything's established, there could be some sort of sacrifice one way or the other. No, no. Or we- you know what? Even better. How about Noah's sacrifice? Just an interesting personal relationship. Act- that could be interesting. Yeah, I'm really sorry. That's even more interesting is that. Just something interesting happening. Um, but yeah, I, I just... I, I got a wee bit surprised. I wasn't surprised by the guy being the bad guy. But I genuinely thought Zephyr was a decent character. And it was... Slight. Zephyr could have been a really cool character study of... What's it like to be raised by somebody that puts every cause before his own children? Like, that could have been a very interesting... And then he does the last minute, I never saw what was important. It's like, oh, damn it, guys. (laughs) Like, like, I I think it could have been even more interesting if Zephyr had lived, but also spilled the beans on everything. Like, have it when the chips are down, he, he isn't that strong. Could have been interesting, but nope. Um... Yeah, the, this is the story. I, I know we're throwing a lot of shade at it, but it's not that offensive. But it is the straightest of putts you have mm-hmm. ever seen in your entire life. 
Yeah. Um, and to be fair, it's also a lot like a lot of. Well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say. To be fair, it's presented pretty well. It looks pretty pretty, and minus the combat, it's not the worst thing to experience as a story. It's just it's so cliched and boring and predictable that you kind of like you can't get behind it. You can't get behind any one character because it's so bland. Yeah, it, it it's it's tofu. Uh, you won't have a problem with it because it doesn't taste like anything. Um, it, it it's inoffensive. I guess would be the best. I mean, we're finding a lot of problems with it, but that might just be because we're tired of seeing this. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're right. It, it is it is presented well. Uh, I think all the voice acting does a good job. Like I I didn't spot anybody that was like you know Hastings from Poirot, where it's like oh boy. Hmm. Um. But yeah, like, like it's just inoffensive, bland. Tr- not tr- it's staying in its lane. That that's it. Um. It also doesn't help that this almost exact story has been done before by older Tales of games yeah. and other RPGs, well, where it's like, oh, the pretty lady might have to sacrifice herself, and then Tidus is all like, no, we'll find a different way, no. and then they do this weird laughing scene, and then Orin's like, guys, knock it the fuck off. This so, is, and you're like, okay, sorry, sorry. Literally, my my biggest beef, and I've kept it. Cl- this is my card of clip. I've not kept it close to my chest, but I I just overall my oh no, is it my final thought? But it, overall, it's the thing that frustrates me the most is they thought we're going to make a modern tales game, and I if you ignore the fact that they're going to do tales shit and they're going to have skits and they're going to have this that or the other, they made so much of an effort to modernize so much of that formula your all the stuff was spoken about the ease and the successful effort yeah yeah everything but they just applied all of that to a stock standard story character model that just it blows my mind that they didn't put the same effort into the story side of things that they did the mechanic side of things that's a it's you know what it's like it's a, like watching a movie and it's a lot of fancy camera work and really cool visuals and and an interesting way of viewing something to tell the most standard story in the world. Mm-hmm. You're right, like like that. That's what it is. Um, that's a good way to put it, Craig. I like that. I like your Uno reverse card that you just pulled. <laughs> All right. So instead of bashing on this inoffensive, albeit mildly flawed game let's get to final thoughts we already heard luke's final thoughts let's hear your final thoughts and and one thing i would like you to add to your final thoughts is where do you sit with the tales series after this oh right okay so final thoughts wise most of my final thoughts are what i just said i think it's it's a the best tales game that there has ever been it has some of the easiest most fluid comfy mechanics in it for getting you through a jrpg but at the end of the day it's almost wasted on a stock standard jrpg and i think overall i know we don't do like recommend or not recommend but i'd I, like i totally i totally and utterly 
loved playing this game, but it was broken up by Reese having a shot of it on auto mode. And, you know, I, I was playing it one day while I was working and I just left it on auto and then just let them run about the place and just, <laughs> you know, like it was broken up by all of that. Maybe someone that sat down, like you, maybe you did, maybe someone that sat down and played it like Yeah, a, I shotgunned it. I am going to play this and I'm going to play it all and then I'm going to play near. Oh, did you? Yeah. 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 Um, maybe you might have had a different experience, but I think, oh, what's the point? What's the point, Dave, that I was making? Fuck it. Just play it. Just play it if you're vaguely interested, but f- don't expect something great. That's not a bad way to put it. Yeah. Like, I think expect something great on the things that make JRPGs a bit of a hassle. Ah, yeah, yeah. But don't expect great things, uh, unlike an overall package. Yeah. Okay. Another way. So, where do you sit? Actually, sorry. I, I just thought of Uno Reverse. If, <laughs> if you play Tales of Arise and think, maybe. I might like JRPGs. I always thought that JRPGs were difficult and complicated and impenetrable, so I'm going to play more. If you play Tales of Rise and then think that, every JRPG that you play after that is going to be more difficult to play and <laughs> navigate. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. You know? Like, like Unless you stick to very modern JRPGs, the moment you step even a generation uh-huh. backwards, you're going to be like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's a good point. Sorry, so where I sit on Tales of just now, I will keep an eye on what happens in the future. It's it's been, what, three years since Bazaria, or maybe four years since Bazaria now, and I played that and thought, Dave, this is, Tales has done something a bit different. I kind of don't mind this. And then Tales of Rise, oh, they've done something else interesting enough to play i don't think it's ever going to be groundbreaking game of the year awesomeness but the next time a tales game comes out i'm now thinking they'll have done something new or different like i'm interested to see what else they could pull out the hat okay all right so so the steps that they've taken gives you hope and interest for future yeah yeah exactly like going from what whatever the hell we played what was the first abyss Abyss. my god going from that to this and i've done it in the course of three games or four games i the the progression is like phenomenal Uh, i'll I'll agree you can tell bamco is putting some weight behind tales of now and i think it's starting to pay dividends Mm -hmm. in terms of it's hmm it's not the dynasty warriors of rpgs anymore (laughs) To put it in in Dave language. Uh, Okay, so I disagree with you on some of the points. Like, my outlook is not near as bright, but I can perfectly see why you would feel that way. And, you know, wish you the best, because I know in like four years you can say, but Dave, this time it's better. And I'll be like, oh, damn it, Craig, now I gotta play Far Cry 6, and it's not gonna be better, but I have to do it so we can argue about it. I know that's going to happen, and that's why I love our friendship. Because you're going to have to play Monster Hunter 3 at some point, and you're going to want to punch me. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, 
I, by the time I got to this, I was really hankering for a JRPG because we did the schedule uh, a bit in advance because we knew you were going to be moving and there was going to be a bunch of stuff. And I had felt like a JRPG earlier in the year because I start to get the shakes if I don't play a JRPG. And it's like, oh, nope, no, nope, I got to wait and play Tales of. So by the time I got to this, I was hankering for a hunk of cheese, right? Like, mm, what me some JRPG? And if I cut away all the story problems that I had, this was a satisfactory meal. I, there wasn't much friction anywhere. The combat system, I do not like. I, I think I finally can say that with finality okay, that thanks. I do not like the four-person giant mess of a melee, Bye. no tactical going on, just bleh, everybody doing everything at once. Uh, so that includes things like Star Ocean, too, and like Radiata Stories and a bunch of older RPGs that did the same thing. I just don't like that battle system. If it was something more intimate, like Kingdom Hearts or uh, Final Fantasy XV or even Seven. Okay, that's fine, because I'm not having to control everybody and babysit. Like, like this is very much a babysit simulator sometimes. Um, So that's personal taste. I can't dock it for personal taste, because a lot of people like it. But I walk away from this kind of like you just paid for a meal, and you're full. But you will not remember eating at this restaurant ever. Like... If I didn't, then that's why I platinumed it, right? Like, I platinumed it because it was, all right, Tails, this is the last shot you get from me in terms of if I like it or not. Turns out, I don't really like it, but I can't get angry at it either. Um, so when the next Tales of game comes out, I will watch the trailer. I will say to you, Craig, do you want to do this? And you will say yes, and I will say, okay. But I will no longer be buying Tales of games uh, and playing them on my own time because I don't think they offer me much. Alright, so I'm sorry if this was a little bit rambly, but me and Craig haven't talked in a while because, you know, he's moving. And this was just fun to get back with the guys and have a good natter about a game. So, uh, do forgive the rambliness. Well, I'm sure we'll get back to our normal kind of at everything. Join us next time when we talk about Near Replicant Remaster, and then after that, Craig, what do we got after that? I just wanted to make you pull up the schedule. Oh my god damn it, that is just, <laughs> that's unfair. It's unfair, but what I'll do is I'll just cut out everything and Stretch I it out more? Stretch it more? Stretching. Um, so we have got... Dun, 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 dun. So it will be the game of the half year after Near Replicant. Alright, and we have a podcast-wide uh, mandate that if you think we're all gonna say Elden Ring, Elden Ring, Elden Ring, Elden Ring, mm -hmm. you are correct. Which is why we're deciding you can, you know, how we do the, you pick three games that you've played so far this year and you talk about them and what makes them interesting. Uh, nobody can pick Elden Ring. <laughs> it is, it's the unspoken fourth guest at every podcast. Yep. Um, so yes, if you're we're thinking, ah, oh, you guys are just gonna talk about Elden Ring, rest assured, we will talk about it, but none of us are gonna pick it, so it won't be this giant in-depth Elden Ring spooge fest. And then after that, we have 
from Soft Spooge Fest. I know, yeah. So, like, we'd normally, like, vaguely pair up games, but we've got Dark Souls 2 straight after the game of the half year. I'm actually really looking forward to it, because I'm looking forward to having a good chat about Elden Ring, and then going back to Dark Souls 2. Because I think Dark Souls 2 has the most DNA. Mm-hmm. Like, to, to spoil it a little bit, I think Elden Ring pulls a lot from Dark Souls 2. But anyway, you will have to listen to that episode after we record it, and hopefully we don't blow it. So, uh, if you have any games that you would like us to take a look at and do a weirdly in-depth but not in-depth look in it, then you can do so at thebiteffect.com, where you can suggest a game, or if you're of the retro persuasion, you can do so at uh, nomoresages.com, where we do our companion podcast where we look through games throughout the years. So, other than that, Thank you very much. And as my grandmother used to say, Did you see some of some of them actually literally just said who? Who who? I know I love the fact that they didn't use owl sounds. <laughs> they yeah. used people going who <laughs> made that it was great. You know what? That is the one thing I will remember Tales of Arise for. Till my dying day is, oh hey, that was the game with the cool owls. So you know what? It accomplished something. <laughs> <laughs>